Welcome, welcome, welcome back, everybody, to 90s Mixtapes. I am your host, Pat, joined by my lovely co-host, Jen. Hello. Jen, just doing a little bit of like a, I just watched Alicia Silverstone mess with my hair for 20 minutes vibe. That's a vibe you got going on right there. You know what it was? What was that? I was like, God, I'm, this room is like a sauna. And I was just like, I'm really, I dress, I'm really warm. I dress for the occasion. I'm wearing, I'm wearing my Florida casual, business casual in August right now, right? I mean, come on, you got to dress for the occasion. But we are here today. The occasion in this room would be like naked. It's true. It's true. <laughs> and that's a whole different vibe. That's a different vibe. Different podcast. We are here today on 90s Mixtapes to discuss the music of April 1993, 30 years ago today. We are so glad that everybody out there is enjoying everything that we're doing. Um, again, you can go ahead and follow us on the social medias at BLC underscore pod. And where are we on the Instagram, Jen? Well, that's Twitter. That's Twitter. It's Twitter. It's not just the social medias. It's specifically Twitter. Um, on Instagram, we are BLC mixtapes. And as you guys know, if you've been following along music, it's how we usually start our months. Last week, we gave you that special little super secret video game, Fifth Friday, but we are back to music. And Jen, I think we're going to do something a little bit different this time. We we were going back and forth because we were really trying to figure out when, how to approach a music video. So unless it's a music video that like debuted that we know for sure it absolutely debuted, I think we kind of stuck with the idea that like if it's an album, let's just kind of throw the videos with it, right? Because mm-hmm. we can just kind of grab them. So today's episode is almost kind of like we're talking about some videos because we watched three and a half videos, four and a half videos, right? Four and a half. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sorry, Radiohead and Creep. I, I did see it before. I've seen it. And it, yeah. There's not a whole hell of a lot going on, but we watched Radiohead's Creep because their album Pablo Honey came out. We watched three Aerosmith videos, one of which came out in 94. We watched Crying, Crazy, and Amazing. Amazing. Well, because he got me going by saying (laughs) the track list like that. I think, yeah, I think it's actually spelled like an apostrophe. I don't even know. Apostrophe. Apostrophe. (laughs) The heat is getting to your head. Like, what is it? So we did that and we also did Tools uh, Sober. So we watched four and a half videos. We listened to four albums this month. So we listened to David Bowie's album. We listened to his new album release. We listened to... Um, Tools Undertow, we listen to Radiohead's Pablo Honey, and we listen to Aerosmith's Get a Grip. That's it. Those are the ones. That, I like, I like hearing that. I, I believe it's Black Tie, um, White Noise. I am a David Bowie fan. That's in, true. In a sense that I enjoy David Bowie. However, um, start with this one right what's at the top. The, what's the record you were playing the other day? The David Bowie record? Uh, Ziggy Stardust. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Um, I really like that. Yeah. That, well, I mean. You like everyone does, asshole. <laughs> not, not asshole, but I mean, it's it's a good album. Um, yeah. We're going to start here with this one with our conversation. So there's also Primus's Pork Soda. Are you a fan of Primus? Oh. Um, <laughs> You're like, oh, I know. I think you are, right? I, you know, I really appreciated Primus because they have insane bass yes, lines. That's I and I was a bass player. Right. Um. I had a bass guitar, but I also played bass in orchestra in high school. So, I was a bass player. And most... (laughs) Such a whole lot to say four times that I was a bass player. Uh, Yeah, most music doesn't really accentuate the 
the base parts, right? So Primus to me was super. I really appreciated them, and I was impressed, right? Right. Um, and with that being said, I I don't I didn't own any of their albums or anything. You know, like I liked them, but it wasn't. I don't know. Now I'm talking myself in a circle. You're not. You're not. I I asked you a question just to kind of so I can. So I had I didn't fly. I didn't I don't know if I've ever heard that album. Was there were there any like singles on it? Um, I don't know. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm let's, looking up. Let's keep it moving then. Yeah. So, well, because I'm looking up something right now because apparently, um, nothing compares to you by Prince came out as well. Oh, so we didn't do good research this month. No, no, no. Because like it, because it was released like by Sinead O'Connor in like 1991. Oh, so he he like yeah. He did like a video, like he did like a, a song of it. You know what? We're he gonna, did a song of it. Because we have the ability, we're going to pause for one second. Boop, beep, boop. Yeah, it says nothing. And we are back. Um, yeah, no, I was wrong. I guess what what that was was like a release from like 1984, like a recording of them doing it, like an unseen recording. Oh. But I knew, you know, something about that per se. But having said that. We really kind of focused on these four albums. Uh, it's a little selfish because I think Shania Twain also had some music come out. There's a bunch of other music that came out, but we. Oh, kinda... wasn't that her first album that yep. came out? It wasn't the one with uh uh oh. No, I think that's later on. Yeah, that's um, like the later '90s, so it's okay. But but when I things, think I'm gonna declare it being okay. <laughs> well, I'm gonna declare it being okay as well because I think sometimes when like things slow down, then maybe we can go back, or if you know we want to grab a video or do it. But this was like a special, like okay. It's the second quarter of our, uh, you know, of our year here. Let's really get into these videos. Let's have a good time. So I'm going to start first with, I'm going to start with Tool. So Tool's Undertow came out. Did you listen to this or own this album when it came out? When it came out? Yeah, Or yeah. like three years later? Let's say within three, within four years. How does that sound? I owned it in high school. My first experience with this album was in like 2001. Okay. Right? So like that's what I'm saying. Like I have no... So explain to me you in high school. High school Jen with high a choker Jen. on. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably green hair and didn't care. Yeah. Tell me. I felt Usually pink, but sometimes I went green. Um, yeah, I liked Tool. Okay. Why? <laughs> I feel like, like you're putting me... On well, the it's, spot it's, here. I mean, part of um, this is like a half interview. Like you gotta, you gotta help me out a little. Oh man! So why'd you I like Tool? Like, what did you? Oh, I loved. Actually, I loved Tool. Um, I. I don't know. I think that there's something about Tool's music and teenage angst that just go together like peanut butter and jelly. Like, I would just sit in my room, and if I was in a bad mood, like I would just play, specifically on this album, sober, like. That song, like even now, I think I listened to it three times, maybe four times today, because I was listening to all these albums. I was like, oh my God, Sober, I forgot how much I love this song. I think I actually got this album after Enema came out, because I got that album and then like was like, well, now I need, yeah, Yeah. now I need, I think I had Opiate too. Um, Yeah, so I loved Tool. I loved how intense their music was. It really made you feel something. And again, like I was an angsty teenager, right? Like I just wanted to, but yeah, I, I remember listening to it like on my Walkman or my Discman or whatever. <laughs> Discman. Um, right there. Spoiler yeah. alert, we have it. Yeah, it's right here. 
It's here for us. It only has a cure in it, though. But yeah, I remember specifically listening to it on my headphones, and you know, in the car. You know, if you're going somewhere with your parents, just pop it in. But uh, yeah, so sober in particular, love that song. Anyway, what I found striking about Tool. So I came to the, uh, I came around to Tool probably like 2001. Mm-hmm. So I was high school senior, going to be like a in college. That's probably the first time I heard it with uh, the album. What did I say it was Lateralis, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that that's their like most. Um, successful album. yeah so i heard that and then i think i got like a cd burned from a cousin or somebody that had like sober on it some other songs and i heard those songs and i was like wow like to me it all seemed like it was one thing right like it sounded like it was like from the same like their sound didn't sound too much like i was like wow this is really like because it does they have such a unique finger like nothing exactly. sounds like tool like exactly. you you don't you hear his voice you hear maynard's voice right and you're like you know who it is mm-hmm. you hear that just the bass line or the guitar and it just all sounds so specifically like tool like there's nothing else that sounds exactly there like was it f- right five 90s bands that i feel like okay that all had a signature sound i'm gonna take nirvana out of it for a second because obviously they did right and well there's so much more than five but you can talk about the i'm gonna five say five that i'm gonna you say five. talk about number one is tool i feel like it just had like you knew like Again, mm-hmm. in 2001, when I heard it and then started hearing some of the back catalog of songs, you're like, all of the, it all sounds like one beautiful masterpiece. Smashing Pumpkins. Because there's just no way that you can't hear Billy Corrigan's voice and just imagine it being yeah. anyone else, right? Yeah, he has that like nasally, like... Nine Inch Nails. Mm-hmm. Nine Inch Nails just... <laughs> I mean, when we get there, I mean, it's brilliant. But you, you, you hear that, you hear the sound and you immediately know... That it's Nine Inch Nails, right? Is there a time outside of me thinking that Johnny Cash uh, wrote Hurt in like 2012? Is there anything else that's any different in like 2008? It's, my, it's like one of my favorite things. Right. It was like the the dump, like the biggest It was definitely gaff. like 2012 because we were together. And we yeah, were it, was together like, it was like the biggest gaff where I'm like, oh, Johnny Cash wrote that song. But what like you know, what you... I'm I was like, oh, you. wow, Trent Reznor covered that. I'm like, I'm like, Nightingale's Dale's covered that. And you're no, like, no. specifically what you said, and I'm going to out you here. That's fine. You can always cut it. No, no, it's fine. You said, you know, I just don't know why Nine Inch Nails covered Hurt. It was so much better. The original was so much better. <laughs> yeah, because to me, I the first, like, time I, what? first time I heard it was like <laughs> on a promo for like Sons of Anarchy's final season. And like Johnny Cash is singing it and I'm hearing it. It's either that or like The Shield, like one or the other. I'm like, wow, this is such like... And the thing is, at that time, Johnny Cash was having, like, a moment because I think, like, Walk the Line came out and all these other things. Mm-hmm. And, like, Nine Inch Nails was such, like, I was not a fan um, at the time. So well, it, was just, it was something, obviously I wasn't. Well, Trent Reznor called me the other day and he, he said care. specifically to tell you that he's not a fan of you. Trent Reznor's, like, narrated all of my favorite movies. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, like, soundtrack them. He's just been a part of my life that I didn't even realize. I just didn't, like, I didn't buy the, the albums. I didn't see them. Again, it's a different kind of musical experience and we always talk about it but it's part of what makes this whole thing and this podcast portion specifically a lot of fun is that when you're doing music and you're talking about music you can discover things even now 30 years later that you didn't know that you're like wait a minute and you could discover sounds and people and music that sounds the same or it sounds like a wild evolution right so for me now i like nine inch nails like listening to it but back then it just was not something i was going to spend my 15 dollars on didn't really know a ton of people that liked it. Um, having said that, Trent Reznor, uh, again, doesn't care about me. But that's cool. You know, if I ever met him, I would tell him, like, I'm really sorry that one time in my life, I thought that this song 
was written by Johnny Cash. I think you're a fucking genius. I apologize. Uh, he would be like, I don't know who you are. Please don't touch me. Thank you. You know, it's kind of funny that you mentioned uh, Nine Inch Nails. Because I mentally put Nine Inch Nails and Tool, like, in the same... Box. They're in the yeah, same box. They're in the same little mm-hmm. box of music in my head. And, like, I would go to the... When I listen to that kind of music, I'd, I'd be in the same kind of mood. Maybe Deftones a little bit, too. Like, that white, the album White Pony. A little bit. But there's something almost, like, sinister-ish about... Not... not and I'm not saying that in a weird way, but like creepy about Nine Inch Nails and about Tool, where it kind of puts you in like a dark headspace, right? Right. Their videos are in dark, s- yes. dark yeah. as hell. Uh-huh. Like their music, they there's like weird noises. There's lots of mm-hmm. repetitive. Like, did you listen to the whole Tool album? Tool album, yes. Did yes, you listen I did. to the? What, what yes, album? and I've also listened. Like I said, I had Lateralis and everything, or, or however I, I might be saying it wrong, but I mean that's what I had. I listened to it. Oh. There was something about that. Oh, what was that? The last song I think, called? Like, like at this, least Nine Inch Nails. Um, I feel like they called it industrial or like prog like something along. I don't know. But, mm-hmm. but like a lot of the synth- synthesizer and sound effects and things. Like it's just oh, man. It made like a wild sound that like I don't know. Because for me, a lot of times it's like when you grow up in a small house with a lot of people, um, you kind of don't want to necessarily blare your music. So I would listen to it like in my ears, and it just wasn't something. I don't know. I just wasn't. Ooh. I think back. Yeah. Well, go, we had very different. Yeah, experiences. Um, yeah. Um. So this the track Disgustipated. It was almost sixteen minutes long, right? Mm-hmm. And I don't. I like had to fast forward it because the cra- there was like there's what five or six minutes of just crickets, mm-hmm. and it's just so repetitive, and you hear like pig squealing, and it reminded me of, and it's just basically like spoken word. It reminded me of um. Was it Lou Reed or something? No, Nine Inch Nails, like, March of the Pigs. Like, that just mm-hmm. industrial, like, that this really, like, you feel, like, gutturally, like, disturbed by it, you know? Right. I don't know if that's... Well, roll it back. Nine Inch Nails, Smashing Pumpkins, Tool. All things that sound like their own thing. Could you guess who the other two are at all? There's more than five you just made. I'm just saying, number. I'm just saying, 90 sounds, like, just 90 sounds. It's okay. I mean, you just take a guess. I'm trying to... I mean, this Rope isn't in. necessarily '90s, but we just listened to "Get a Grip" and Arrow- nothing sounds like Aerosmith except for Aerosmith. Nothing sounds like, but I'm not trying to go that far back. Because nothing, I mean, because that that is getting more into like I'm talking more like sound. I'm gonna go I'm- Green Day. You know, I'm a big Green Day fan, but they do specifically sound like Green Day. Marilyn Manson, like nothing. You know that it's Marilyn Manson when you hear Marilyn Manson, and then sure. the other one I was gonna say from the nineties, Rob Zombie. When you hear Rob Zombie, you knew that you heard Rob Zombie. It was a specific sound. Like there was a couple. Those were the ones to me that like I would turn off the TV but, when I heard them. Right. But specifically, all those people are in all those those artists are in the same in my mind same box, right? Like they're all that weird, disturbing type metal. Like I embarrassingly did like Marilyn Manson it's fine. not to a level that other people did I think mm-hmm. I only had like one album but didn't hate it I did like a few of his um I did like a few of the songs I don't know I'm thinking more like I like to go to weird places I'm thinking more like 98 99 I think it was even VH1 but it might have been MTV I think but did they have something called MTV after dark like I feel like that was a thing where they showed music videos like something later at night like I'm thinking summertime later at night mm-hmm. and yeah. it's like you'd hear one of those 
You I don't know if that's what it was called, but... But they had something where they played videos. And I feel yes. like VH1, they definitely played videos. Because that's what this is when MTV is starting to get into more... The, later at night. I'm talking about And they played... Well, they played, like, these videos. Yes. So that's why I'm like, I would know. Like, I'd hear the Marilyn Manson and be like, ah, I'm not a fan of that. Oh, I'd hear, like, the Nine Inch Nails. Oh, I'm not a fan. I didn't I'd love it at night. Because I'd be awake at night and I'd be like, oh, fuck. Now, hot takes now the monsters are going to come for hot, me. Hot takes since we're doing music videos. Yeah. Did you tape music videos? Yes. I did too. So it's like one of those yes. things where I'm like, ah, I'm not going to tape this one. Like, I would stay up at night just to tape music videos to then have them to then just, like, put them on in the background and just play music What videos. I would do to get one of those VHS tapes that I had music videos on to see what I taped. I did find a mixtape with things I taped off the radio, and I haven't let you listen to it yet because there's something very embarrassing on there, but I will let you listen to it. What What's on there? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. It's, it's a it's a Easter egg of sorts. Deep cut. It's a deep cut. And um, I'll probably listen to it and be like, oh, it's Seal Cuts there, in a Rose. There's I was actually there. just going to say to you, there is an accidental Seal track on there, and that's not even what I'm talking about, but what happened was I started taping it, and then it was like halfway through, so I was like, shit, and I just finished, I just kept it on there, but um... That's neither here nor there. So you didn't like the um the the dark metal. We'll I was dark metal. I wasn't a fan of that kind of like gothic dark metal at the time. I could really appreciate the sound now, but it's something that I would always know that they like. I knew, I could hear it and be like, "That's that person. That's that person. That's that person." Like I would know who it was, very specific. But there was one band in there being Smashing Pumpkins, which I do love. But I wouldn't consider them part of the dark. I metal. don't consider them, but I mean, it was all part of that alternative part of that whole scene. But like them, it's just because you hear Billy Corgan sing, and you can't not hear that. And that was born from the '90s. Whereas, like, you know, one of the next ones we're going to talk about here being. Um, Aerosmith, when we're done talking about Tool, like, yeah, but Steven Tyler's been sounding like Steven Tyler since the 70s, like, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, no, I know. You know, because then you think about some other people that had albums, like Ozzy Osbourne. Of course you know Ozzy Osbourne sounds like Ozzy Osbourne. He had albums in the 90s, too, but it doesn't change. Like, he sounded like that for 30 years. I'm talking about people that like, came out in the 90s, and then they're like, here's this band, and you're like, yo, I know the Smashing Pumpkins. I know their sound. I know that it's them. I mean, I could argue that there are so many bands like that, though. Like, Pearl Jam. Like, Eddie Vedder sounds like Eddie Vedder, right? Like... But if I put... If I just... If I just grabbed it and threw, you know, threw... Even Primus. You mentioned Primus. Nothing else sounds like Primus. That's true. They have their own... They, they do have their own... Weezer. Unique sound. Okay. But I'm, I'm not... I'm on a roll now. Right. But what you're doing is you're taking my idea or my little, my little statement, my little mission statement, basically being like, <laughs> young Pat could hear these five things. Mm-hmm. He, they're born in the 90s. And you can immediately identify them because they had their own distinct sound. You saying Pearl Jam and Eddie Vedder has their own sound. You take like a random Pearl Jam song. You throw on like an Alice in Chains song. You throw on like a Soundgarden song. You throw on like three or four songs. They're obviously different. They're obviously different. But my mom wouldn't necessarily, oh, that's this one. Like if my mom knew who they were, then it wasn't what I'm talking about. Right? I got you. Like it's like, it's like, not that these guys were a little deeper, but they were a little like, edgier a little different you know what i mean like your parents probably didn't know who nine inch nails was my mom heard of them she claimed to have owned an album um but i i we i don't think she ever produced it um if your mom owned Ask her about it. okay because she confuses it with someone else i don't i don't know who she confuses I'm not, I'm not, i really want to know who she's confusing it with because i can't i can't picture your mom rocking out to closer <laughs> No. Because no. that's the album she would have owned. 
right? Like, I just can't. I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm talking about like late, like late 90s, early 2000s. Uh, maybe yeah, one of the. One so I don't know. I'm just saying she would claim, oh, I like Nine Inch Nails. And it's like, no, you don't. You really like, like, I forget what the band was, but she would just get them confused <laughs> even back then. So then she would always say oh, it. And I'm like, she's no. My, she's my favorite. And it's like, you know, Pearl Jam. Yes, obviously Eddie Vedder has his What does she always call that. Dave Grohl? What's his name that she always calls him? I don't know. It's not, it, she calls him like Dan or something. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mark Grohl. I don't know. Mark Grohl. Yeah. Dan Graves. I don't know. There's <laughs> Danny Graves. But she's the best. Tool Undertale. Um So yeah. this so my first experience doesn't come till about eight years later with this. But I have seen the video. I do remember seeing the video probably by like 95, 96. The video is fucking creepy. It's nightmares. The thing about the video that's funny is like when you watch the video now and you think to yourself, what's in the box? But then you're also like, I'm saying what's in the box mm-hmm. from Seven, yep. which came out later, also which is creepy. almost like this came from the, it's like a weird thing that I probably myself, when I saw it, I probably put them together and like melded them and was like, oh, this video, because I would, you know, you know, the, the thing about the nineties too, is you could, you could create parallels and create something that's real, not tell anyone because you kept it in your own mind and then be like, Okay. Because I think that Nine Inch Nails did the soundtrack for Seven. I think the score for Seven. I'm pretty sure that that's true. Um, I'm I'm pretty positive that that's true. I don't know. That would be cool. I'm pretty sure Trent Reznor did. But I do feel like there's a similar Nine Inch Nails video where there's like a creepy thing in like a dark... I, I don't know. I don't know if it's claymation, but there's like a, yep. a Nine Inch Nails video that this reminds... Really, they, they did Trent that? Trent Reznor did the... Yep. Trent so, Reznor, okay. Right. So he's done a lot of shit. That's what people I'm saying. think he's just nine inch nails. No, 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 no. That's what I'm saying. I know he scored so many movies, and I, that was one of them. Because, because again, it's this like weird line that you draw in your head, where like you see that movie and you see the other movie, and like there's nobody. You don't have the internet, so you can't go and be like, "Is this video based on that? Is that based on like what is this?" Because what you're seeing is you know, pretty disturbing claymation creatures in this disturbing claymation house. I'm not going to narrate it for you per se all the way, but there is a box and you, you wanna, never really know what's You want to know what's in the box. And then, spoiler alert, 30 years later at the end, they open the box and it's just dark in there and you don't get to see. And then you just kind of zoom into the box and it ends. And I was very upset because I really did want to know what's in the box, but I also don't think it's anything good. I felt like artistically, like what was in the box myself, like watching this video now, I, I probably haven't seen it in 20 years The same. and just seeing it and hearing the song and knowing the evolution of the band, I kind of feel like, I kind of feel like, you know, the box is just sadness, regret and emptiness. That's what I felt was like in the box and he keeps putting it back in the house and then he keeps taking it out to like open it up to make sure that it's still there, but it's not, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. I could be wrong. I probably am. Maybe there's just nothing in the box. I'm sure we could look it up. I'm sure. But I, I have looked it up and it really didn't give me like an answer. And I didn't di- deep dive. I didn't go to like a Reddit to be like, hey, somebody teach me what's going on. That's what I saw. I'm like, man, it this guy's me- like all alone by himself in this mm-hmm. creepy place. Like in the, and then like, Pierce, he's doing some drugs at some point, multiple different points, right? Pierce, he's doing drugs. And, you know, he opens the box and then he puts the box away and then he loses the box. You know, maybe it's whatever. I don't know. Emotional situation with the box. How'd you feel about this video? How'd you feel about the box? This video gave me the ickies. Okay, fair. Um, but, I, you know, I liked it. I liked that it made me feel something. 
even if True. it was icky. Like, I, felt, I don't understand what the fuck it was, which made me feel dumb. I felt claustrophobic. I yeah. felt like I was in that place. Like, very... And we were watching on my phone. I mean, I felt like I was in that place. And like I said, I felt like it's just like you're... Bur- I felt like the ho- like you're just burying I feel like I was watching in- a horror movie. It was a horror movie. I felt like there was... I felt like it was gory. Like, it was gory and disgusting. Um, and, and it was just, just none of dripping those things. with death. And none of those things were visible, <laughs> but they all were there. So. Right. And, like, none of that was there. And, and that's But why. it was. It was, though, right? Like... I, you know what I mean? I, it wasn't, but it was. Yeah, I mean, if you want it to be that way, you know, you watched it, it made you feel something. And that's, man. That's what they wanted to me. That's what they wanted. The other the other couple songs on here is Undertow, Prison Sex. Prison well, Sex is a good song, too. Yeah, all songs that, like I said, I, I would put those songs. I remember having CDs that I would burn in the early 2000s, you know, get people to burn them for me. And, like, these songs would go on there. It's like, wow, it's a 10-year-old song, mm-hmm. you know, in 2003 that I just, like, heard Tool. And then was like, oh, I want to add more. So. Yeah, I think Sober was probably my favorite. Probably is my favorite Tool song. It's it sold. As, so good. As of 2020, it sold over 3 million copies in the United States. Um, Boop. Yeah. I mean, there's photos in the liner notes of a nude obese woman, a nude thin man, and the band members with pins on the sides of their head, which generated controversy. And it was not sold at Kmart and Walmart. Oh. <laughs> and then the band reacted by releasing another version, which depicted a giant barcode on a white background. And this version came with a note from the band that read, It came to our attention recently that many stores across our fine and open-minded nation would not stock undertow because of our explicit artwork. Although we loathe being censored, and then in a line through it, we want your money... <laughs> through those lines we still want you to hear our music so we took it out however it is available to you at no extra cost fill out the form stick it in an envelope mail it in and we will send you the original artwork love tool oh that's really cool so that's actually really cool yeah i mean it's pretty cool um at no extra cost in some versions of the album when the black cd tray is removed from the case a picture of a cow licking what appears to be its genital region is revealed I wonder I mean, if I just, still have this, if this CD and if that's in there. I mean, it's just one of those things. I mean, this is a fairly highly rated album. It was um, a good, I mean, I don't know. I thought it was good. But the thing is, is I, I'm coming from a place where I've listened to it before. So it was like bringing me back. I was like, oh shit, yeah, yeah I remember the song. But yeah, like I said, it's been a minute since I listened to it, Um, but I enjoyed it. it it's... The music definitely makes you feel something. Uh, it, it, all, anytime I hear Tool, it puts me into a strange mood and it puts me into an awkward place. Quite the opposite of David Bowie's music that we listen to. The David Bowie album we listened to, um, it was a unique sound, I'll say that. I, I think I told you it sounded like I could be hearing that now, right? I mean... It was. It, how did you feel about this? Because I, I believe you asked me. You were like, "Hey, which album did you not like the most?" And I, I did say this. Yeah, it just wasn't really f- for me. I think I had high expectations. I was like, "Oh yeah, David Bowie." We listened to Ziggy Stardust, and that was like really good. And embarrassingly, I was never really into David Bowie when I was younger. So like, I didn't. I don't have much of a 
prior, you know what I mean? Prior knowledge of his music, which obviously I've heard a ton of his stuff. I just didn't know. Um, yeah. And then I just kind of felt like I was at a wedding or something. I don't know. I didn't like it. I just, I don't want to say that because it was, you know, pretty well received album. Yeah. So the- and there's a lot of guests on it. I know Morrissey wrote one of the songs and I don't know, but like it, yeah, it was fine. It just, it's just not for me. how do you feel about it? So I wasn't like, I heard it and I was like, oh, okay. Like this is kind of the first time that I really like heard it. But did you know it was also like a movie? It was like a hybrid documentary movie film. Like it was all like one thing. So then that way he didn't have to go on tour. That, so he released uh, this on, like, VHS. So it was, like, a weird high-concept thing. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Not quite Purple Rain, which I made you experience last year. You did. How many times have you seen Purple Rain? Once. Last year? Yeah. Oh, well, I've seen it many times. i watched it many <laughs> times since then. I watch it with my buddy all the time. We love Purple Rain. Shout out, Prince. Um, No, so I think it was some sort of thing like that. I mean, it, it bounced off me. I do like David Bowie, but it bounced off me, I have to say. But that's me. Right. Maybe if we saw the movie, we'd feel differently. Eh, we could. We always could. There's always time. There's always time. Radiohead Pablo Honey. You know, did you... I did not have this album. I did not. Okay. If I had one word for what I felt listening to this album, it was... That... It was unexpected. It wasn't what I expected at all. Because the song I knew from it was Creep, right? Mm-hmm. And it just has a very different vibe than that particular track, I thought. Anyway. Yeah. I it's mean, much more chill, feels a little bit lighter, right? Than mm-hmm. feels no, I, very 90s, like, alt rock. But, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel 100% the same. I, I, I distinctly remember... This is, again, one of those things that I heard, like, when I was in college in the early 2000s, and I distinctly remember my buddy being like, you've never heard Pablo Honey? And then just, like, playing me the whole album, and I was just like, huh, okay. Was this Dan? Of course. <laughs> I was like, yeah, okay. Like, I just don't, I, I don't know. I, it, it wasn't, I didn't hear it then. I, I, you know, I like it. It just wasn't really necessarily in my wheelhouse. There was a lot going on in the early 90s, and, uh. Oh, yeah. And in my high school experience, so I didn't really listen to all of this stuff. I had a lot of other music that was taking the forefront. But, I mean, obviously Creep I'd heard a million times. That was all over the radio. That was everywhere. Mm-hmm. It just I just never, it never dawned on me to buy this album, get this album. I didn't really know anyone that liked it um, when I was younger. Which, again, as we've talked about a million times, that's how you get some of this stuff. So this is one of those I can definitely say, like, hey, I heard this because of a friend of mine. It, it kind of bounce i mean i liked it i didn't hate it i really liked it i'd listen to it again um i feel the same way i had another one of their albums one of the ones that came out later it was like okay computer i think or something it wasn't that one of theirs i think i had two of i think i had okay computer and then another one too um but yeah like i uh i liked it i love creep mm-hmm. i've always liked that song a lot i still do don't they like not like playing it at live shows or do yeah. they refuse to or something because i like do for a while i get it and i feel bad for artists that feel like they get, um, like, I don't know. Pigeonholed? Yeah. But also, if I go see Radiohead, like, I want to hear Creep. So I kind of have, uh, I don't know, I kind of, I can sympathize with them, but also with their audience. You know what I mean? I get both sides. The only, 
per the only artist, the only thing I can compare this to is like the Foo Fighters, and like every time I've seen them, Dave Grohl plays one of a couple different versions of Everlong at the end. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like I understand, like you're going. If this is your first time, you definitely want to hear Everlong. I can understand how he could be like, I want to play all these other songs from my awesome new albums. And you can play but them you all, and you can play Creep, right? You always roll it back. And I get that you get tired of it, but it's also like that, I mean, but you know, it's so successful. I don't know. I think the difference is when you are talking about an artist and you're talking about their art, and you're talking, especially music, I feel like music can be consumed in different ways. And I feel like if you're in a smaller venue, in a smaller environment, you can get away with maybe being like, I don't really want to play that. But I mean, you're at a big stadium, and you sold out a stadium of 100,000 people. Maybe they only know at that point three or four songs. That's what they want to hear. I get it. If I saw Radiohead, I definitely would want to hear Creep. But I also understand at this point, it's 30 years later. These guys are a lot older. Maybe they don't want to play it. I get it. I, I, I could understand it both sides. Yeah, same. Like, we've gone, we've seen Weezer a couple times now, and they still play the hits, right? They play their new stuff, they still play the hits. Yeah. You know, I've still heard it in my garage multiple times, right? And I get that that's from their, you know, I've still heard My Name is Jonas many times live from them. But I've also heard their new stuff. You know, we've also heard Van Weezer. We've also heard all these different things. So right. I can get it on both sides. You know, I, I think there's a difference between being an artist. Like maybe... Good people more, both sides? Yeah, well, I was going to say maybe leaning more <laughs> towards the artistic side versus maybe more towards the entertainer side. There's kind of both, right? Yeah, you yeah. have to straddle that line. Yeah. You know, and, and so I can understand that. Again, if we ever want to see you. Billy Joel, who's uh, interning in Madison Square Garden, you know, um, running Madison Square Garden, running his shows, like, yeah, I, I definitely wants you to sing a song, Piano Man, right? And he does. And he does. And he has said that he just, like, zones out when he's doing it. Because <laughs> he's done it so many times, right? Because that's the song that everybody wants to hear. You know? Yeah. Everybody probably, you know, maybe he plays Uptown Girl. Maybe he doesn't. Oh, I hope. But, he... you know. I'd rather hear Uptown Girl. I mean, he's definitely playing an Italian restaurant, right? Oh, for sure. Like, you know, so, like, it gets to a point that you're like, I have to, so I have to play you these ten songs, but what if I really like this other song? You know? Like, the, with... Radiohead, it was like, this is the song. And I think they felt like, hey, this is all we're being asked to do. And it's tough to play a show. I, I have to imagine, at least at that point, it's tough to play where people don't know all your other songs. And then you're like, I'm here for 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. We'll get there. <laughs> like, that could have played in the middle and you walk out, right? So, and again, the only the only band I could say that I can definitely, you know, put a pin on would be the Foo Fighters because I've seen them so many times and again, you always get ever live. I've heard it, I think, in at least three different versions. I've heard almost like a, an acoustic one, like three quarters of the way through, half acoustic. I've heard it full rock guitar, so you know. I really like it acoustic. I do too. I really want to see Billy Joel now. I do too, but that's a conversation for another time. Let's uh, get in, <laughs> let's get in, let's get a grip and get into the, uh, the oh, last band here. Oh, shit. Aerosmith. Look at that segue. I own this album. As do I. I enjoyed it. It was somehow an album that my parents didn't care. They like, because they were weird when we, when I was younger. They would, you know, look, let's be realistic. I get it though. Because they, they seem safer than like Tool, right? But way less dark. And they're 70s. Your mom probably loved Aerosmith in the 70s. Or at least liked them. But, but this portion of music this time in music history from the late 80s into the early 90s there's a lot going on like rap and hip-hop is really starting to really take hold in the pop culture 
if you are into Tupac, if you are into NWA, if you are into any of these bands, right? And there are, you know, suburban kids that are into those things too, Eminem included. Your parents might go, hey, I don't want to do, you know, I don't want you to listen to that. I don't want you to hear that because all the curses, everything else. You can understand that. There's also rock bands and some of the bands that we even mentioned that are doing weird shit, singing about weird shit, acting really weird. And there was huge, you know, ripples of the satanic panic and all that stuff from the 80s are coming back into the 90s. Where it was like, remember, every school shooter, everything had to do with Marilyn Manson. Right. And it had to do with The Matrix. And it had to do with whatever. And we're the still, Matrix? Oh, because yeah, of the, the trench coats. Yeah. yeah. So it was just, and that whole like vibe. So all that stuff, you know, and, and that's going to come a little bit later. Like my parents, at least when I'm younger, are trying. So they're like, oh, Aerosmith's safe. We know them. We've seen them live. They're safe. Here you go. And then you watch these videos and you're like, are they? I don't think there was ever anything musically I wasn't allowed to have. Everybody's different. But we, we were a little bit different. And again, you know. No, I mean, I think that it was kind of just like when I was younger, I didn't. You know, at this point, I wasn't listening to this stuff. I was 10, right? So, I was 11. Not, I, yeah. I, if I was doing work, yard work or whatever and had like a, like a, I definitely had a Walkman at this point. Like, I definitely had this. Like, my uncle had it and burnt and got it for me. Eventually, I got it on CD or I got it on a UCD or something. So, mm-hmm. I definitely had this album because I remember the cover, which is the cow with the Aerosmith yep. printed on it. I've also seen the videos. I remember the videos. Mm-hmm. We watch them again now. Yeah. Alicia Silverstone just out here making a name for herself in the early 90s. Yep. I got to assume that, you know, that's this is part of what helped because it was with uh, MTV. She got a, like a breakthrough role for um, Crying. Right. And, you know, then she's going to be Clueless. Like she, when I think of the early part of the 90s, it's, it's like. 95, right? Clueless? I think I so. I think so. But when I think of the early part of the 90s, like she comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Right? Like just boom. And then it kind of, like, the torch gets handed later, but, like, she comes to mind. Because then I kind of think, like, later 90s goes more into, like, I think of, like, The Matrix, kind of, like, I think. like, But it's all muddles together. I don't even know when that came out. That might have came out in 99. So when you think of the 90s, it goes from Alicia Silverstone into The Matrix. That's interesting. Interest too. I thought you were gonna mention like another actress, but then you just said the Matrix. What if you said '90s to me, and I handed you? If you said '90s to me, and I had three movies to give you, and I handed you the Matrix, and I handed you Clueless, Mm -hmm. and I handed you Happy Gilmore, would you say that I got a got a good swath of the '90s? Yeah, and that you can kind of go with the '90s. I mean, I could have given you. yeah, there's other movies. I could have given you a Chris Farley movie, too. Because yeah. he was a big part of that. But, I mean, like, just right off the top of my head. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Because I'm like, Clueless is the 90s. That's, like, 90. That was, like, that part of the 90s. Like, the fashion, the whole thing. Like, yes. the, yeah. I love Clueless. I, I love it. And I cannot is. wait until two years from now when we get to talk about it. I think The Matrix. I want to say The Matrix was 90. Um, I want to say it was 99. But I'll double check. Because I just, that just became, like, a thing. Yeah. Yeah, it was 99. That became a thing that took over everything. And then that's like what launched everything like out. Yeah, it came out March 24th, 1990. Like launched everything out like in the early 2000s. We just watched the movie Grandma's Boy. And again, that character is like, he's literally like, he's like Neo. Like I'm designing whatever. And so many things came from like, like like four or five different computer screens. Like the Matrix. Like that was such a big thing. It was such a huge, huge fucking thing. And it was in the 90s. That's why I'm like, hey, here you go. I mean, I know I'm missing something in the middle. 
Obviously, I'm missing some stuff, but not a ton. I mean, I, I feel like that's like here. If, if we can keep three things to give you like pop culture, like here's a slice of pop culture in the 90s. I think that's pretty good. Yes. So what'd you feel about these videos? We'll just lump them all together. Crazy, crying, and amazing. Because amazing and crying are like, pff, they roll back together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I remember them. I definitely remember seeing them. I remember the controversy about um, both of them were underage, right? Liv Tyler and we looked it up. I was like, one. I think Alicia Silverstone's seventeen. Liv Tyler's sixteen. Yeah. So I remember that being like a thing, and that it was you know Steven Tyler's daughter and crazy um, and Alicia Silverstone, and they were you know at a strip club and. Clearly gave a guy pictures of themselves, like, in some state of undress. And, mm-hmm. you know, just being really provocative. I remember that being a big deal. Being that I was younger, I didn't think it was a big deal. I was like, whatever, they're like 16, 17, who cares? Um, I think I mentioned that I, at that point, I would have cut off a limb to be Alicia Silverstone. You did say that. Yeah, I, I was like, wow, that's the coolest girl. She has the best hair. I want to be her. You know, I was like 11, so a 12, maybe. Um... Especially in crying when she had like the um, flannel, you know, mm-hmm. and the tattoo, and she was wild. I'm like, gosh, no one, no one was cooler to me at that at that moment than when I saw that video. And I had this album. I really liked the four tracks that I liked, and the rest of it probably I just skipped. I didn't really care. I listened to it today, and it was like the songs that I liked. I was like, yes, oh my god, I remember this, and I love it. And the ones I didn't, I was like, eh, just sounds like I was. Eh. Right. Is that terrible? I don't know if that's terrible. I, I, I feel like I, I feel like uh, even now you get your money's worth at the album. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. like, these are some really, really, really classic Aerosmith songs in, you know, the 90s way. Right. And in the if you're if you were going to see them now on concert, one last tour, you would want to hear these songs. Yeah, I would want to hear these songs. Crying, crying, crazy, amazing. Um, living on a prayer, mm-hmm. and I want to hear "Dream On." That's it. Those are the five songs I need to hear from Aerosmith. <laughs> and then I'm sorry, did you say "Living on a Prayer"? Oh no, yeah, I did. But living not... on the edge. Living on the edge. I'm like, no, it's, I know it's Bon Jovi. No, no, no. I went I with you it. for a second, and I was like, "Living uh, on the edge, the edge, edge." Uh, yeah, no, you're fine, and you you can keep that too. That was fine because because I immediately knew what it was. Living on the edge. I'm like living on a prayer, huh? But <sighs> I I wouldn't disagree. I I wouldn't disagree. I've seen Aerosmith in concert. I saw them play these songs. Have you? Yeah, in like 2000 maybe or something. Like Jones Beach. I was going to ask yeah. if it was at Jones Beach. Uh, I knew that in my heart. Yeah, um, of course. And uh, We yeah. should talk about the amazing video for a second. Because that, that's when they did... Um, <laughs> that's when they did the fucking Armageddon song. Which is... That's oh. another 90s movie too. I could probably hand you that. That was probably 98. That was like just a straight 90s movie. Then all the 90s people. Yeah. But crying, put Alicia Silverstone on the map. Crazy, added Liv Tyler to the equation. And then Amazing comes out like a year later, and it's just literally this guy who's in like the most 90s version of VR that I'm like, they don't even have, like, they, I, I don't believe they have any VR like that right now. 
although they are working to get VR like to that level, but he's like inserting himself into the music video. <laughs> they definitely don't Scanning himself it. into the video. Then he's interacting with the person in the video going off the rails of what's going on in the video to like basically have sex on a motorcycle with Alicia Silverstone. I'm like, I don't think that they have the VR like that. Like they probably have VR where you can go into the video because like I played the Darth Vader thing and like there's things where you can interact, but like not where you like... Yeah, and this is 30 years this, later. Yeah, they finally have later. VR that's pretty decent. Like, it was so right? bad. It, it was, was so, so funny. Bad. It was so funny to me. Although I will say, the, the I will say, <laughs> the idea of like the giant thing on your face for vr that's still that's still it looks it like yeah it's pretty that's pretty that on part point. Of it looks like we didn't change the technology too much um the glove reminded me of the nintendo power glove yes and i'm like oh okay he's got the nintendo power glove <laughs> and i mean again it's not, not too far off from what you ended up having but oh no man. you still can't scan yourself in to then um also then creepily print out pictures headshots of the models slash actresses that you were just engaging so in softcore creepy. porn with and skydiving but then we pull back and see it's actually alicia silverstone mm-hmm. who was in there with that guy make yeah in the video yeah it was a it was a video of a video of a video yeah it was the <laughs> matrix before the matrix yeah. right it was the thing before the thing oh god it was it was great it was good um yeah that <laughs> that Entering, what did it say? Like entering internet or something? Entering, cyberspace. Sp- cyberspace. Cyberspace. We're cyberspace. in cyberspace. Oh entering my God. cyberspace. It so, it, it reminds me of a Nintendo, uh, Nintendo. It reminds me of, there was a game called Nick Arcade. And if you ever watch Nick Arcade, I'll make you watch it. And we'll talk about it one time here when we do, you know, for this podcast. But Nick Arcade is like, they had like a green screen thing. And like, you see it sometimes in malls where like, and there's like things moving and you have to like press the thing like on a screen. And that was like Nick arcade. You're in the video game. It was oh. like, Oh wow. I don't you're in know the video. what this is. And it was like Michael Malley power surge. Come on. <laughs> Michael Power surge. Our man fucking Michael Malley. Um, yes. And, and like, and the video game be like, Hey, um, so you're going to play like joust. Like it's, it's kind of like, it's kind of like what, in Wayne's World, where the guy owns, like, Noah's Arcades, and he's like, we want you to talk about the arcade games, it's kind of like a, th- like, it's almost like an infomercial for actual arcade games, because they're like, oh, you're gonna play, like, Joust, or whatever the fucking game was, and then the Joust. kids would, like, try to play it, and they have, like, ten seconds to get as far as they could, or, like, do something, and, like, that's, and then they move their guy on a board, I'm gonna show it to you in your lap. Okay, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But, that's music. Yeah, that was fun. Um, Are you excited that this isn't the last time this month that we're gonna spend with alicia silverstone this is not because she is in crush true the crush this is her her time i'm gonna have to re-listen to what i thought oh that's why i didn't say anything but you did not think it was her no 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 remember oh well, yeah, movies, yeah yeah i completely forgot that this is what yeah, the movie we're doing so when you tell i gotta re yeah, you didn't know that it was her after i watched the movie to be like wow okay so this you is thought what it was right, like um wrong. Uh, Reese Witherspoon and I did. Mark. And what did I say that movie was called? Marky Mark. Fear, I think it's called. I think that movie Or like Poison Poison Ivy or something. Poison Ivy or something. I don't Some, know. No. Fear is another one. Be, one of them. Then Swim Fan is one, but that's not Swim with... Swim Fan, but that's later. But The Crush is with, um, yeah, Alicia Silverstone and uh, what's his name from Saw? Carrie Elwes? I think so. Like the main doctor guy from Saw in the first Saw? Mm-hmm. So White Wesley Mike. from The Princess Bride? I, I just started saying white men can't jump, but that's not what I meant to say. That's what I Wayne meant Harrelson. to say was 
Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves. <laughs> I'll take that too. <laughs> when does that come out? I hope that com- I think that comes out this summer, like the summer of ninety three. Like I can't wait to watch that again. You know that, like, like, uh, you know. Oh man, I'm saying everything wrong. You know that uh, Dave Chappelle's in that, right? Oh no, ninety one. What's ninety one? That What's movie 90? came out June. Oh no, no, that's Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, Robin Hood, Men in Tights. That's what I meant to say, and I said it wrong again. That's why I'm like I just keep saying yeah, yeah. everything wrong. Ninety three. Oh wait, Prince Men in Tights came out in ninety three. July. That's what I'm saying. What? Yes, Dave Chappelle's in that movie. I know. Let's see right. how bad that um aged. All right, everybody. We're I'm gonna rein it in. We've said a lot. We've said some things. We watched a bunch of music videos. We appreciate everybody coming along for the ride, but we do have some business to take care of. Yeah. Jen. Two two is a score for this here trivia. What we're doing. They know. I don't know if they do. They know. Everyone First knows. one to ten wins. The loser has to buy the game from the, our from our joint bank account. The <laughs> <laughs> Ready? Shit, you're letting them see behind the curtain too much. Well, I mean that's that's where all the advertising money goes into one joint account, right? All the advertising money. <laughs> all the money we get from our advertising. How many ads have you heard so far, everybody? Do you know what we should do is we should make fake ads. That's that's what we should do. Just like Ren and Stimpy did. We should make fake fake ads. Because I'll never forget about the game Don't Piss on the Electric Fence. Don't whiz on the electric fence. It was like they would have Ren and Stimpy and then they'd just be like they just throw an ad in there and the ad is for something ridiculous and one of them was a game called like Don't Whiz on the Electric Fence. I remember it. I, I think we talked about it on one of the Yes, because I always think about that when I think of fake ads. Jen. Pat. <clears throat> what precedes There It Is in the title and chorus of the hit 1993 song by Tag Team that is still often heard at sporting Woomp. events? Woomp. Woomp. Not whoop. I said whoop. It specifically says whoop, not whoop. Yeah, but you heard me say whoop. Right? I did. I okay. would have said whoop, so I would have got it wrong. Oh, wow. Yeah. I almost said whoop, and then I really thought about it, and I said it's definitely whoop. <laughs> what drama featuring a New Jersey mob boss and both of his families debuted in 1999 and would win 21 Emmys during its six season run? So, like, if you're going to give me 90s TV shows, or I guess, would you do The Sopranos in, like, the 2000s? Probably. 100%, but it Even debuted in 1999. No, yeah, but because I was going to be, like, 90s TV shows. Like, I mean, if we right, make it, 2000. like, if we make it, to 1999 on this we'll talk about it when we get there but i mean that's in six years yeah yeah but that's also definitely a 90s like it started in the 90s but it's definitely like a two that's like a seminal 2000 thing when i think of the 2000s i definitely think of that that was definitely because that just became a thing like i remember dorm room posters of tony soprano with all the other like mob bosses and obviously at that point it was still going strong and he was alive you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Like, bada bing, pose, like, it was like a thing. I didn't watch the show, but you knew everything about the fucking show because everybody fucking watched that show. I don't think you could throw a rock and not. Yeah. not well, my dad watched it, and then I watched it. Yeah, my, I yeah. think my family went. You couldn't throw a rock in New York and not, you know, or New Jersey area, I'm sure. But probably around the country. Lots of people love that shit. Mm-hmm. What Russian espionage organization was dissolved in 1991? Soon to be replaced by the Foreign Intelligence Service, known as SVR. The K... KB1. KGB? 
Shit. Yes. I couldn't think of it. My turn. No. Yes, <laughs> that's to, how that works. I can't leave this in here. I look. I sound like the biggest fucking idiot. No, you need to keep it in here because that's no. how it works. What are people just going to cut it and then go, I, I just didn't know. I knew it was the KGB. I just couldn't think of it because I got nervous. Okay. And this says whoop. And not whoop. And I got it right. And if I would, if you would have given me this card, but you would have gone KGB like every other person. But I would have said whoop, and then it literally tells you that that's not correct. Yeah, but one makes you stupid. No, it doesn't. One... I literally just admitted that I. Didn't... I said KS one. Like. I... Oh, you think? What do you think? KSI. I literally just said right now that I didn't know the origin of the song "Hurt." So please don't tell me about stupid. What R and B group from Motown, Philly? Had a number one Billboard hit in 1992 with the slow jam "End of the Road." Are they gentlemen that then became older gentlemen? Are they gentlemen that became older? Are they boys going to men? In 1999, <laughs> you need this to tie. Don't tell me what I need. In nine, in 1999, <laughs> what Texas team? Won the first NHL Stanley Cup in its history. Jesus. When Brett Hull scored in the third overtime against the Buffalo Sabras. Do you think I have any clue what the... What I need? I will tell you this. I keep thinking I Oilers, will, but I know that was a football team. I will give you a hint. They didn't start in Texas. They started in Minnesota, if that helps. I don't... I'm not a hockey. Quote, I'm not a hockey. I'm not a hockey. They're called the Dallas Stars. Oh, yeah, I never would have gotten that. They were the Minnesota North Stars. I never would have gotten that. Um, I, I don't need I was actually I hoping it. that Oilers could both be football and hockey when I said Oilers. Oilers are in Edmonton. Houston Oilers don't exist. But they used to. They did, and then they then they went to Tennessee. That's what I'm saying. But there is a hockey Oilers. Yeah, but they're in Canada. They never moved. But there's a Houston Oilers. Yeah, but they dissolved in like the nineties. So they went I to at least my brain was in the right place. Where your brain was nowhere. You were not even in the right <laughs> Dallas city. If you were like Dallas, I'd at least uh, be like Dallas is a city. You meant Texas. Texas city. I did. I don't need this question. So I mean, I don't, if you want me to pile on, I can. But I don't need it. I've already won two to one. But, the people want to know what it is. Got to give the people, give the people what they want. <laughs> who played the co- Who played the star-crossed lovers in Baz Luhrmann's updated film version of the Shakespeare tragedy Romeo and Juliet? So the problem is I know that it's Leonardo DiCaprio. And the thing about it is that I feel like what you want me to say is Kate Winslet, but the answer is Clara Danes, and that's what I feel like it is. Yeah, you're And right. that's what I'm going to go with. Well, that's weird that you said Kate Winslet. Titanic. Yeah, no, I know. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Claire Danes turned down the part for the Titanic? Yes. What did, Wasn't that movie first? I feel like that movie was first. And then it was just like, I don't want to be the person that's always doing that. I feel like that movie was first. Might not say. I don't know. I honestly don't know. Yes, it was first. I think it was first because she didn't want to do another movie with him because she didn't want to, I think she didn't want to be like pigeonholed into like something. I, I don't know. I think that was it. Not that she didn't like. 96. 
And then the Titanic, uh, it's probably 97. 97. Yeah. So maybe, yeah, she probably accepted the role for Romeo and Juliet. I mean, it didn't hurt her career. She is I mean, boss. I mean, hey, listen, I don't think I don't think anybody got hurt from any of those movies. I think it worked out well for all the people involved. Yeah, I mean, Homeland, awesome. Baz Luhrmann just did Elvis, I think. Oh, really? Yeah, he's still he's still doing things. Well, it's not guys, like, it's not like he he disappeared. I just he's, need he's everyone to fine. know. I need everyone to know that I do know what the KGB is. Okay, <laughs> I, I want everyone. We've watched Stranger Things, um, and I know what the KGB is, and. That's all I have to say. Jen, I appreciate the fact that you, as the editor, hold final edit. However, I feel like you should edit out the fact that you're telling everyone that you know what the KGB is. <laughs> Everybody knows what the KGB is. It's okay to not know from me telling you the question. Having said that, we are the 90s mixtapes. We will be back next week discussing what, Jen? TV. We appreciate everybody listening. We yeah. hope you enjoy it. Uh, check out some of these music videos and get back to us. Talk to us. Write a review. Hopefully you like it. Yeah. We'll catch you next week, Thanks everybody. Thanks for uh, sticking around. Bye. Bye. Bye.